You know, uh, we, in the last five weeks, we've been preaching through our mission statement, and that's what's on the wall. Do we want to read it together? Let's read it together again. Ready? Here's our mission statement. To engage with the spiritually hungry toward a life in Christ that's inspired, intelligent, and involved. Every couple of years, we're going to want to keep bringing you through that to say, this is what we do. This is what we're about. This is our mission. This is the vision that God has given us for what we're to be as a church. We're going to engage with spiritually hungry people, which is every single one of us, people in this room, people in our community that are not in this room. We're going to engage with all spiritual hungry people, and we're going to move toward Jesus together in a way that's heart, head, and hands. And that's our mission. We're gonna keep reminding you of it. That's, that's uh, what we wanna be about. And we're gonna begin a, a, a very small, little short a sermon series, three-week sermon series uh, on transformation, which is one of the ways in which, how we're gonna go about it. So this is our vision. This is what we're gonna do. But we have these core values and that's how we do it. And uh, one of the ways that we, uh, one of the things that we are all about is that we believe in transformation. And so Danny's going to come in, just Pastor Danny's going to come in a few minutes and, and bring the first sermon of this series. But we, we want to remind you that we believe, friends, that there's, there is such power in Jesus that the whole world can be changed. That's transformation. We believe that we as individuals can be transformed, can go from one thing to the other. That we actually can see the healing, the longing uh, fulfilled, the, the, uh, the change that we need in our lives, that that comes through God. We believe that that also can be manifested in the systems in our world and in our culture and in, in, the, the, in our society. That we believe that there's change because of Jesus and that he's real. That's what we're about, transformation. There's a scripture that says that when we come with unveiled faces, when we come and really stand before God, we will be transformed more and more into his image with ever increasing glory. And that comes from the Lord and his spirit at work in us. We believe that. And I know that there's some people in this room that are like, wow, really? Okay, you guys are for re like you're hardcore. Like, you believe that stuff, like, yep. And we wanna tell you about more and more about that. And transformation is one of the words, one of our core values because we believe God changes lives. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. I am, as Pastor Jeff said, I am Pastor Danny, and I'm excited to be before you this morning and to have another opportunity to preach the Word of God. So go ahead, grab your Bibles in front of you, or if you're like me, open up your Bible app, and we're going to look at a few scriptures this morning. We're going to look at a few. We're going to look at Micah 6.8, and they're right behind me. Micah 6.8, Romans 1.20, Psalm 3.3, Proverbs 24.16, and Deuteronomy 31 and 6. And we'll be reading from the NIV version. And like I said, they're listed on the screens behind me. Now I know I just gave you guys a lot of scriptures, and this might be the most scripture that some of y'all have read all month. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, it's, it's all right, because Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So just tell your neighbors, okay, we're building our faith. We're building our faith together. No, literally, tell them I'm building my faith. <laughs> just kidding. Here's a funny story. So um, I typically use like a Bible app or e-Bible, but you know, about a month ago, I decided, you know, I'm going to buy a brand new physical Bible. I want to get back in the swing of using a physical Bible. And I tell you, when I opened up the Bible, it's like my 
spirit was like yearning for touching a physical Bible. And I told Pastor Jeff and uh, he kind of looked at me and we had a nonverbal baby boomer millennial moment. Where he's like, mm hmm, yeah, you and your technology, right? So I just say if you're under 35 and you don't have a physical Bible that you bring to church, go ahead, go to Amazon, buy one. Let's speak Pastor Jeff's love language. <laughs> and we're going to use the Bible. Matter of fact, I have been given permission that if you don't want one, you can just take that one, the one that you have that's here. Like, if you don't know which one to buy, just take the one that's in the seats. Just take it with you. I promise. It's not stealing. You can take it, okay? You can take it for sure. All right? So we're going we're gonna to get into the word today. The title of my sermon is Power to Change the World. The Power to Change the World. And last week, Pastor Ben spoke about being involved in the world that we live in. And if I had to name one thing that we as believers need to do more of, that would be getting involved. I mean, we have to be willing to do more than just come to church to maintain our own spiritual health, but instead be interested in the health of the world that we live in. And as Pastor Jeff explained, today begins our new series about God's transformative power the power to change societies, change systems, and people. You see, the power of God, which created the universe and parted the sea, has been changing lives since the beginning of time. The transformative power of God is the very essence of God. And God has empowered his people with the supernatural power that he has within himself the gospel of Jesus. See, the gospel of Jesus has the power to change a person's conscience. The power of the gospel of Jesus brings radical changes when people hear it. It has the power to change social structures of a society. The gospel of Jesus can literally change the world. I mean, it's no wonder that the enemy doesn't want you to get involved. See, he thinks that if he can stop the gospel of Jesus, or if he can keep it to just stay within you, then technically he really only has one person to, to worry about. But if we band together and make a commitment to get involved, the enemy knows that he has a fight, that he has no chance of winning. I, um, I follow this Instagram um, person called Boss Babe, and they had a post, and it said, I want to be the kind of woman that when I wake up in the morning, the devil says, oh, crap, she's awake. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, I like that. <laughs> I like that. You know what? I want our church to be the kind of church that when we are committed and we get involved, the devil says, oh crap, Marine Covenant Church is here. That's the kind of church I want us to be. Micah 6.8 says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly 
with God. As believers, God requires us to stand up for justice, to choose mercy over punishment, to love and not condemn. But standing up for what is just, it comes at a price. If you say or do what society deems as politically incorrect, the life that you know will change instantly. I mean, if we're honest, it's so much easier to just play it safe. Keep your head down, stay under the radar, right? I mean, as long as you and yours are, and mine are safe, God'll take care of the rest. It's easier for us to ignore or have an excuse not to get involved the further the injustice is to our community. As long as I'm not directly affected by the injustice of the world, it doesn't sting as much. But Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects us all indirectly. See, God recruited, no, no. God chose each one of us to be his coworkers, to be his hands and feet here on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. What good are hands that don't raise an objection to injustice? What good are feet that don't stand in the face of truth? You see, the gospel of Jesus is a vehicle for change. It's like a Tesla Roadster. <laughs> Yeah, it has the ability to get to point A to point B in seconds. But without the right person behind the wheel, a vehicle that has the ability to move at 255 miles per hour is nothing but a parked car with great potential. The gospel of Jesus can change the world because, first point, it has the power to reveal is a power to reveal. Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what was made, what has been made so that they are without excuse. Now, I grew up with a mother that knew everything. You didn't have to tell her. She just knew it. She could say what you did before you've even done it. I don't know how she did that. She said she had this great connection with God. God told me. I don't think God told you that. <laughs> I don't know how, but she did. And I remember when I was in high school, I had track practice, and um, my boyfriend asked, could he borrow my car while I was at track practice? And I said, sure, of course, no problem. I'm at track practice. It's okay. Well, while he was driving my car, he ran a red light 
and got pulled over. And unbeknownst to me, he didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> he didn't have a driver's license. So you know how that story ended, right? Um, <laughs> my car got towed. <laughs> and how he managed to walk from wherever he was back to my school. Mind you, track practice is over, and I'm waiting. Like, where is he? So he told me what happened, and I am freaking out. My car is told, we don't know where it is, how do we get it? So between him and me and my, our friends and his aunt, who was like in her you know, mid to early 20s, we got the car back. I don't know how, but we got the car back. And I managed to do it without even calling my mother. I didn't even call her. She didn't know. So I swore to take this to my grave. I'm like, no, nah, she's not going to find out about this. <laughs> no, she will never know. The car has no, and there's nothing on it. I made sure she won't find out, right? You got it? Okay, yeah, great. Well, I walked in the house. I walked upstairs. My mom was already there. Because mind you, I'm hours late from being home from track practice. And I, and I looked at her, and she said, hi. I said, hi. How was your day? I broke down. <laughs> I am so sorry. I don't know what I did. The car got towed and this and then he had to drive. Like, I just went, I don't. Do you know she had no clue what I was talking about? <laughs> she had no clue. She didn't know anything. But she knew everything. She didn't have to, I didn't have to say anything. My face revealed it all. My disposition, my, my body language, she knew something wasn't right because she was my mother. You see, the gospel of Jesus has the power to reveal to us certain things that we could not know any other way. God's word gives us an eyewitness, a truthful, detailed account of things about himself that we could never know otherwise. By us, Revealing the knowledge of who God is, the world has an opportunity to get to know him. So the gospel of Jesus has the power to reveal, but it also has the power to revive, encourage. Psalm 3.3, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I myself have experienced some rough patches in life. From growing up without my biological father to losing some great dear friends when I decided to follow Jesus. But through it all, the word of God has brought comfort and hope as well as strength and encouragement during those times of sorrow and suffering. But in 2013, I flatlined spiritually. As a result of preterm labor, I gave birth to my son at only 28 weeks. And after two months of life in the NICU, my son passed away. I, I can still see that day as if it happened this morning. Life was different. My faith in God, if I can be really honest with you, my faith in God, it started to waver a bit. I felt myself slipping 
into a paralyzing state of depression. But that is when I realized the power that God had to revive. How the Holy Spirit comforted me, I will never comprehend. You see, the gospel of Jesus helped my heart to heal in ways that no one or nothing could have done. I couldn't imagine my life without God in it at that moment. The very fact that I can stand here right now and tell you this story without crying uncontrollably is a testimony of the reviving power of the gospel of Jesus. But it was a process. Matter of fact, it still is a process. Now, I am stronger than I was five years ago, but man, there are days that when I think about William Jr. and what could have been, it brings me to tears. It's not a birthday of his that goes by that I don't think about him. But I keep hope in the Lord because hope never disappoints. We live in a world that is in dire need of hope. People are crying out for love, for forgiveness, for comfort, or just something that may not explain why, but at least can help them get through the process of pain, of tragedy, and loss. See, God's power to revive shows up in different ways at different times, but one thing that will never change, it will always stay the same, is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to reveal. It has the power to revive, but it also has the power to redirect. Proverbs 24, 16, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to have a confessing moment right now. I'm going to confess because I believe y'all are my family and I can tell you anything and you won't judge me, right? Right? Okay. Yeah, I had me worried for a second. It's <laughs> like, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> Um, but I believe that 1 John 1 and 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I'm going to confess my sins in front of all, two, three, all of you. Okay. Okay. So all my life, I have been a solid eater. I've been healthy. I was an athlete all my life. Being healthy and in shape was my MO. And matter of fact, in 2014, I decided to become a vegan. And it worked too. Now I had, it took some discipline and it took some work, but I was able to maintain my veganism for three years, even through my pregnancy with my daughter Harper. I was a vegan. I was a part of this um, Christian healthy eating movement on Facebook and also on Instagram. It was called Victorious Vegan. Yes, I was in the best shape since college. Then, here comes the confession. But then um, <laughs> around 2018, 
playing around early 2018, my eating habits kind of shifted a little bit. So, you know, at first, like I said, I was grounded as a vegan. Then I kind of stumbled a bit and became a vegetarian. Then I slipped (laughs) and became a pescatarian. (laughs) And then I fell flat on my face and became a (laughs) meatitarian. eating meat again. My husband says, you went from being a victorious vegan to a mighty meat eater. (laughs) It's so funny. Oh my God, y'all, I have been eating everything. (laughs) Whatever, whenever. I've been eating hamburgers and hot dogs. I've been eating sushi and shellfish, fried chicken, fried pork chops, seafood, pasta, Lots of pasta. Oh my God, I love pasta. (laughs) And that's just on Mondays. (laughs) Oh yeah, and there's this thing about exercise. (laughs) Yeah, that's been a challenge too, mostly because I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to exercise. I get out of breath just thinking about running. (laughs) Yeah, and I was a track team. I was in the track team. And up until I turned 30-ish, it didn't really matter. Like, I was able to eat and nothing happened. Well, things got out of hand and out of shape. (laughs) And um, in September, I decided, you know what? I'm going to make my way back to what I know is right. I said, I'm going to be a vegan again. I don't need no help. I can do it all by myself. Yep. I tried to go back vegan on my own, and I failed miserably, multiple times. Like I tried in September, it didn't work. I tried in October, it didn't work. November, I skipped that month, because that's Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't make sense. And then December, that's also eating month. And then January, it came, but then I had these conferences I had to go to. It just did nothing to see, like it was never a good time. So I was able to figure out, you know what, I'm gonna need some help. So I realized that I needed help to redirect myself back towards the goal. So this time, my husband, my best friend, he said, I'll be your accountability partner. And Pastor Ben, I happened to tell him about it. He's like, hey, I can do it. Let's do it. I'll do it with you. It's okay. That's two people that's going to hold me accountable. And then a few ladies here said, well, I'll work out with you. So now I don't have an excuse. (laughs) I'm committed, though. I'm going to stay the course. So y'all pray for me. But don't let the devil use you and invite me to dinner for a pasta and meat sauce. Don't do that. That, that, is, that is not of God. <laughs> every complete life change, every turnaround that I've experienced, that I've read about, that I've heard about, there's one common element. That's God's redirecting power. See, many people have tried to improve or change their lives in a significant way and based on their own desire to want to improve. And sometimes they're even successful, but most times they aren't. We eventually end up going back to our old habits or our old ways. But true transformation happens only through the redirecting power of God. Only the gospel of Jesus 
has the ability to completely transform and redirect one's life in a total opposite direction. And unlike the world who tends to beat you up and when you try and you fail, God has presented the world with a way back to show them that no matter how many times you've tried and failed, you can always come back because God's love, it never fails. So the gospel of Jesus can change the world, not only because it can redirect, but because it has the power to rev up. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. I sound like a mama. Be not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, the gospel of Jesus works through us. It causes radical changes. It's contagious. It spreads rapidly. But it only works when believers are willing to stand up. Jesus stood for justice. He spoke up for the outcasts and the shutout. He gave his life for the lost. We have been called to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. But I'm not going to lie, it's scary going against the grain. Doing the opposite of what the majority is doing, doing can cause a little fear. See, the enemy <laughs> wants to feed you this grade A Oscar Mayer B-O-L-O-G-N-A. <laughs> yeah. That you're too old or you're too young or you're too black but no, you're not black enough. Or you're a Latino. No, you're an immigrant. You're a woman. No, you're a white man. No, you don't have enough money. You have too much money. Your job isn't important. No, your position at work is too important. You dropped out of school. You are way too busy. Not enough reasons? How about this? You filed bankruptcy. You're a convicted felon. You've been abused. You cheated on your wife. You're not married, and you are on your third marriage. Aren't you a single parent? You lost a child. You can't have a child. And you, yeah, you, you aborted a child. You have mental illness. You are nothing. Who in their right mind would want to listen to you? You see, those are the bold-faced lies, yes, the bold-faced lies that the enemy wants to use to trick you into thinking that you have no power, therefore God has no power. Don't you dare believe that. Don't you believe that. God doesn't call the worthy and the perfect. No, he calls the unworthy and the imperfect to do what people see as impossible, but with God is possible. I need you to reject the idea 
that the opinions of people outweigh the authority that God has given you. Marine Covenant Church, you have been hired by God to change the world. This job isn't easy. Matter of fact, it's hard. And I can't promise you you won't have bad days. I can't promise you that you won't lose people along the way. I can't promise you that you won't experience loss that will make you question why you even accepted the job in the first place. There may be times when you feel like you're in this all by yourself and that it's easier for you to just give up. If I had to add a, another point, I would say that the, God has the power to reward because Galatians 6, 9 says that, let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due season, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we faint not. So that's why I'm issuing you all pink slips today. This pink slip will represent your termination of your current employment. Metaphorically, though. <laughs> don't, go, don't go to work tomorrow and say, my pastor told me to quit my job. <laughs> do not do that because I can't feed all of you. <laughs> I can't afford maybe one or two vegans. <laughs> I, can feed, <laughs> I can feed two or two vegans. But you have been terminated from working at your current employment. You have been fired from working for fear and for doubt. You are no longer under the supervision of complacent posture and the approval of people and inadequacies. You have officially been let go from working for the world. But don't worry, God is hiring. <laughs> See, God wants his power to work for you. He sent his son so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You see, Jesus commissioned us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that he has commanded us. But here's the best part. He promised that he would be with us always to the very end of age. Will you accept the job? Will you do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? Will you allow Jesus to transform your heart for the people he loves so dearly? Will you make a commitment today that sitting and spectating is no longer an option? And Frank said that, how wonderful it is that nobody need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. That moment has come. That moment is right now. The gospel of Jesus has the power to reveal. It has the power to revive. It has the power to redirect. It has the power to rev up and reward. I believe that Marin Covenant Church is going to rise up and start a movement. I believe that we're going to take back our city. I believe that we are going to change the statistics, that we are the number eight city in all of the United States that is unbelieving.
working, church. No, it will never be. I believe that we're not going to look down anymore. I believe that we are going to no longer ignore injustice no matter how far or how close it is to our community. I believe that we are calling for a revival. We are calling for a revival, that we will act justly, that we will no longer stand, we will no longer sit, that we will stand, that we will love mercy, that we will walk humbly with God. God has given us the power and the authority to go and change the world. God has given us the power to not walk in fear. We do not fear. We do not doubt. We are courageous. We have been called to this church. We have been called to the city to change the world because greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Will you stand with me? Will you be committed with me? Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. 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 Amen.